Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Baran, a ministry of Worship Generation Church in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. And then God changed his name after wrestling with God to Prince of God. So we see in the Bible there are times where God gives people a name change. We saw that Nebuchadnezzar gave people a name change because he's Nebuchadnezzar. Well, that's not the same, right? Meshach, Shach, Abednego, they, this, that's not the real names, but that's the names they were given by Nebuchadnezzar. But when God changes your name, that's a good thing. And whenever God changes your name, it's an upgrade. So there, the, the Abram becoming Abraham is the upgrade. And of course, Abram is the father of faith. Him and Sarah had the miracle son, Isaac. Isaac had Jacob and Esau. Jacob is changed to Israel. Thus, we get the 12 tribes of Israel, which comes up in chapter 2. And the nation of Israel is established in the covenant with God, with the Mosaic covenant, some 500 years after Abram became Abraham. They get the law, the Ten Commandments and all that. And then they're entrusted with God's word. And the promised Messiah from the fall of Adam and the second Adam, Christ, runs through the genealogy that is included in this text. And actually, we'll see on Tuesday night how it runs through Nathan, Bathsheba's son, not Solomon, but Nathan, Bathsheba's son, through whom Mary the Virgin was born in that genealogy. We'll see that on Tuesday night. So Israel was to be set aside and set apart, beginning with Abraham, their father, because John the Baptist talked about Abraham. Jesus talked about Abraham. And the New Testament writers with the Holy Spirit talked about Abraham. He is pivotal and key for everything related to the gospel, which we're going to see tonight. But he is the head, he's the father of faith, but he's the beginning of the Jewish people. And in that, from the Abrahamic covenant to the Mosaic covenant with the nation of Israel, Israel was entrusted with the scriptures and the genetic gene line through the tribe of Judah by which Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the Son of God, the Son of Man, would come into the world. So that's why these names are so important. And that's why when you open your New Testament and you read Matthew, it says Jesus Christ, the Son of Abraham, the Son of David in the first verse. Because it's a critical elements to the promise of the Messiah, who we're singing to tonight, praising the Lord too, right? All right, so now with this background, Abraham is that guy. And because God changed his name to, from Abram to Abraham, we realize the significance of the upgrade and when God gets a hold of your life. And so when I see this right away, I think of 2 Corinthians 5, where it says that if anyone be in Christ, they're a new creation. All things have passed away. All things are new. Or as Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. We're born once with this identity for an Adam, all sin and die. But when we come to Christ, we're born again with a new identity and we're made alive. As many as received him, he gave them the right to become the children of God and we're made alive. So the moment we give our life to Christ, we get the upgrade. And even though we may not get an Abram to Abraham name change, our position before God, our standing in the universe is we pass from death to life, from darkness to light. From hell to heaven, and we've passed from condemnation to justification and humiliation to glory. That's what we get through our faith in Jesus Christ. And Abram, who becomes Abraham, is a type of so many things of the glory of Jesus Christ. And tonight, we're going to look at our father of faith, Abram, Abraham. And 
as we go through this, I want you to think of, if you Google Abraham or if you use a concordance, or as I use my Schofield Bible from the 80s, and you look at Abraham, there's like 70 topics and things related to Abraham. Like Abraham tithe, Abraham worship, Abraham did this and Abraham did that, and Abraham rescued Lot and all the stories. But tonight, we're going to focus on three things with Abraham. Abraham was called by God to a life of faith. Abraham was justified by faith, and Abraham had a work of faith. So we're going to connect the father of faith with his faith. But in all that, keep this in mind, of the different things associated with Abraham, when we think about his call to a life of faith, being justified by faith, and his work of faith, which the Old Testament and New Testament affirm those three things equally, is that above all else, you might say that really gets our attention, not even beyond being the father of faith and even the father of world religions, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity, because, of course, Ishmael is his son, not of the promise, but of flesh, and Islam traces their whole heritage to him. He's called the friend of God. Abraham, by God, is called the friend of God. And, you know, if you know your Bible very well, that's a very unique title or description for somebody. See, we can get up at our memorial or your memorial or my memorial, and you can say, well, joy was this, joy was that. And, you know, someone might be speaking a word of the Lord and say, well, you know, it was this and that, whatever, and we want to say nice things. But can you imagine, through the prophets and by the Holy Spirit, at the end of your life in eternity, where God says centuries later, Abraham was my friend. Like, I mean, that's just the, like, the friend of God. So keep that in mind as we look at this man who walked by faith. And I could focus on Sarah. I could focus on the matriarchs as well as the patriarchs. But tonight we're just really focused on Abraham and the application goes for men and women alike. So the first thing I want to point out with this, Abraham is called, to, uh, called by God to a life of faith. We're going to start in Genesis chapter 12 because that's where it begins. And as I said earlier, every story has a beginning. Adam is the beginning of humanity, which is the first verse of chapter 1 of Chronicles. But Abraham, there in verse 27, his beginning is introduced to us in Genesis, essentially Genesis chapter 12. There in Genesis chapter 12, at around 2000 BC, 4,000 years ago, in a post-flood world by about 500 years, and now the Ice Age, post-Ice Age world, he lived in Ur of the Chaldeans, in that fertile crescent, you know, the Syria, Iraq, swath that goes through the Middle East there. And we're told by the book of Joshua, Joshua and his life explained what Abraham's family was like. They were idolaters. They were all idolaters. They had false worship system. Now, after the flood, in a post-flood world, we had the famous story of the Tower of Babel, where humanity unified in one language to become their own god, if you will. And there's a lot of things that go with that story. But in the end, they were scattered. The Lord scattered the nations, confused the languages to our own benefit, that we couldn't unify for such evil, and spread us abroad. And in that, as Abraham's descendants were spread abroad, eventually about 500 years later, they were following a false worship system. Now, when you study ancient civilizations and cultures, and I've mentioned this especially going through Genesis, when you do your research, you will find that most ancient cultures and societies have some commonality in their beliefs, whether it's accurate or skewed. But there is a essentially a story of an original man, an original man and woman, the story of a great flood of judgment. And so those two stories exist in almost every known ancient culture, regardless of the continent of which they existed, of the six continents by which humans live on. 
an original man created and a flood of judgment that affected him. So we find this in cave writings. We find this in tablet writings. And like, for example, the Institute for Creation Research, if you go on their website, they have all this stuff chronicled that you can look into. And it is fascinating. So in other words, when the time of Abraham, when he was born into the world 4,000 years ago into an idolatrous family, he's living in a family shaped by false religious system as a carryover from the Tower of Babel 500 years before. And there might have been a remnant of the belief in one God. There might have been. There might have been a remnant of a belief of a judgment from that one God on sinful humanity. We just don't know. But we do know from the Holy Spirit in the book of Joshua, it tells us that his dad was an idolater. His dad didn't walk with the Lord. Didn't believe in the one God of the universe. Not at all. So we read in chapter 12, verse 1, God appears to Abraham or speaks to Abraham and says this. And he says, Get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This is the call of God on Abraham's life. And of course, it was on Sarah's life as well, because they were married at this time. Abraham lived in that region to the north of Israel. The Lord initiated it, you know, this definitely like, you know, predetermined election kind of stuff. Abraham didn't wake up and say, I'm going to serve the Lord, the God of the universe. No, God came to him. We love him because he first loved us. God came to him. David said, no one seeks after the Lord. No, not one. But the Lord reveals himself to us. And he reveals himself to you and me in our timeline through the conviction of the Holy Spirit confirming the gospel message, Jesus said. That will be convicted of sin, righteousness, and judgment, and will realize that Jesus is the Savior, the one and only Savior. There are no other saviors. His name is Jesus, and no one comes to the Father but through him. So God initiates things, and here God initiated this call on Abraham's life, where he says, you need to leave your country and your family. And isn't that the gospel? Think about when Jesus said, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Peter and Andrew, like, we got to go, Pop, Mom. And John and James, they left their, their dad, they're mending the nets, and they're like, we got to go, Dad. When Jesus called the apostles, he said, follow me. And it was immediate, it was absolute, and he's the Lord. And they did follow him. The sons of Zebedee, the sons of thunder, there's no negotiating the call of God. When God calls us, when you're under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, a harvest crusade, or your friend's sharing with you, or your neighbor's sharing with you, or you're hearing something on the radio like Raul Reese watching TV, plotting to kill your family, and Pastor Chuck's on TV, and you're under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, it's now. Today is the day of salvation. The call of God is today. That's, that's why it's so important to have a, a definitive time in your life or a moment that you know like you made a decision for Christ when you went from Abram to Abraham. And so here God reveals himself and says, your dad's religion is not your religion. Your dad's community and culture is not your community and culture. I am calling you out and I'm taking you to this place where I'm going to make a nation of you and in you all nations shall be blessed. I will bless you. You'll be a blessing and all nations or all families of the earth shall be blessed in you. So that's the beginning. This is his call to a life of faith. I mean, what's, what takes more faith than to say goodbye to your family indefinitely, load up your goods with your wife, and go to a place you don't know where you're going to live, to a job you don't know what you have, to a group of people that you don't know will even receive you. I mean, that's the step of faith. If you've ever moved across country or changed jobs or started a whole new beginning, 
Like uh, Valerie Dean just got married, right? Her and Tim moved to Tucson, Arizona, and they're starting a new life, and they're newlyweds, and that's exciting. And, you know, they got their life, they're planning together, but, hey, they never lived in Tucson before. You don't really know. You can scout Tucson, but you don't know what Tucson looks like till you live there. I've been there for pastor's conferences. But, you know, the postcard of visiting is a lot different than the reality of living, right? Yes and amen? I mean, you can get a postcard from Maui and go to Maui for a week and think, well, it'd be great to live in Maui, to live in Maui for three months and realize there's nothing to do in Maui. Unless you're on vacation. I got that with Vermont. What a beautiful postcard. Until you live there for a year and the devil beats you up day in and day out. And you realize there's always more to it. It's a step of faith. It's a huge step of faith to go out and visit someplace on a mission trip or just to go represent Christ somehow, some way. But to move, to like to start your life, to leave everything you know in Orange County and go move to Tucson, that is a, you know, that's a, that's a big new beginning. You got to figure out your favorite, where you shop, where you, where you go to church, or trying to agree what church you both like. It's like, it's, a, it's an adventure. It's an adventure of faith. And it is a, it's, when we get the name change, Abram to Abraham, where God's working us toward that, and he calls us, he's going to always call us to faith. So I share with you from Hebrews 11 now, a, a connecting verse to this, a, a, a fuller scope. So when we're looking at Genesis, it's almost like black and white TV on the, the topic. But when we look at the New Testament, we get the full color, all right? So in Hebrews 11, we're told that, you know, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence not yet seen. And so that's the definition of faith. So if you can understand it, manipulate it, control it, it's not faith. Faith is hearing something, believing something, and acting upon it without having obtained it and seen it. Then in Hebrews 11:6, we're told that without faith, it's impossible to please God, because those who come to him must believe he is, and he's the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So God requires us to live by faith. The body of Christ, worship generation. We're saved by faith, and we're called to live a life of faith. And God's going to stir us up because he doesn't want us in a rut, because that's just a smaller version of the grave. And we're either growing and going forward, or we're dying and we're going nowhere. So we are called to live a life of faith. And we're challenged to do that. We can, take, we can choose to take steps of faith, or we can have God just kind of kick us from behind and, and, and make us take steps of faith. You might suddenly lose your job. And suddenly you need a new job. And like, your prayer life got a lot sharper when you lost your job, didn't it? Oh, yes, it did. We got someone in our family right now, in our extended family, that they lost their job. And it was a good job. And they got a good living standard. So it's like, hey, they're a little more serious. They're a little more serious about everything right now. Their head's on a swivel. So you can choose to live by faith. And, you know, you can go through routine going to church and doing the Jesus thing. But, man, when you lose your job or someone you love passes away, they, hey, you'll find out what, what kind of faith you have. Sooner or later, you have to live by faith if you're saved by faith. And for Abraham in this beginning, where he's told he's going to be a blessing to people. So we get the definition of faith, the necessity of faith. But then there in Hebrews eleven eight. We read this, and this is Abraham. So, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out of the place to which he would receive an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. That's the New Testament expansion of what we just read in Genesis. So, we read about his faith, uh, an act of faith, a living faith, called to live the life of faith, 
his beginning there with God initiating it, calling him and saying, you got to leave everything you know. And if the, whether the family's on board or not, it doesn't even matter. You're coming now. Today, follow me. And you got to go. And that's it. Jesus is Lord of all. Or he's not Lord at all. And, and Abraham was called and he had to go. And it's hard to say goodbye to people when you don't know when you might see them again, your parents and your cousins. And they might say, oh, please don't go. Please don't leave this or that. Listen, you got to go. Because if you don't take the first step of faith, you'll never take the second step of faith. And your life won't be anything what it's meant to be. You've got to have the faith right out the gate to say, I'm here, Jesus. I'm all yours. And that's how Abraham was. And Abraham went as the father of faith, the friend of God. He went not knowing where he was going. Not knowing where he was going. I remember years ago when I worked for Billabong, and I told Graham Stapleberg, my boss, that uh, I turned down this three-year contract they had for me in December of 99. And he said, well, what are you going to do? I'm like, "Uh, God's going to put me in full-time ministry again. He put that on my heart in prayer. He said, but you don't have a job right now. I was like, oh, no, no, no. Don't you have a mortgage to pay on the 15th of December? Yeah, yeah, I do. And you're calling me to quit your job on December 6th? Yeah, yeah, I am. And I told him, hey, I'd prefer that he'd tell me what I'm going to do before I quit my job with you. But he told me I have to quit my job with you before he tells me what I'm going to do when I'm done with you. He attended a Calvary Chapel at the time. And he's like, wow. And you know the story. Before my mortgage was due, Brian Broderson called me from England in the middle of the night, his time, and said, Joey, I'm coming back to California. I'm going to be on staff with Pastor Chuck. And I'm inviting you to come on staff full time at Calvary Costa Mesa. That news came about five days to seven days after I told Graham Stapleberg, I'm not going to do the three-year Billabong deal. Abraham went not knowing where he was going. And you think, wow, that's kind of scary. Yeah, it is, isn't it? But Jesus is on the throne, isn't he? And to obey is better than the sacrifice. See, because you can do church stuff. Well, I'm going to give a little more this week or something. I'm like, I'm going to help out in the children's ministry. I'm going to bring in the sign or something. You can think of things to do. To, to not quit your job and have to have a mortgage due, right? Like, let's try and do it this way. But that's religion, so don't do religion. Do relationship and do faith. Obey the Lord and do faith. That's what Abraham did. He went not knowing where he's going. And we're told also in the New Testament that in so doing... Where it says in 12.3, Genesis 12.3, that all families be blessed in him. That is actually a shadow of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because the nation of Israel came from him. And some other nations came through Ishmael and the children through Keturah. Who came, whose wife after Sarah passed away. But the gospel came through Israel. But through the church, it goes to all nations. Preach this gospel to what? All nations. So in his very calling to a life of faith, God was foreshadowing that the gospel would come through him, through his descendant, that the gospel would come through his descendant, Jesus Christ, and that all nations would be blessed in him. And truly tonight, as we're gathered here in the diversity of who we are and our personalities, the distinctions of our ethnicity, we fulfill Genesis 12, 3 through the power of the Holy Spirit and the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And praise the Lord for Abraham, who went, who obeyed, obedient faith, and went not knowing where he was going. So if you ever don't know where you're going, that's okay. That's a good thing, because the Lord's in control. Now, 
Of course, we know where we're going with Jesus, and we know he's in control, and we know he saved us and redeemed us for a purpose, and we're going to heaven in glory. So ultimately, we know where we're going, but in this journey of life, like, that's just how it goes sometimes. That's why we're told, you know, God closes doors and he opens doors. That's what he, you know, he says that. I open door, a door no man can close, and I close a door no, no man can, can open. And we want God to close doors, because if we don't know where we're going, when he says no, it gets us closer to yes, Right? Yes and amen. I used to not like closed doors. And then the Lord let me go through a few I shouldn't have gone through. And sometimes you don't want what's behind that door. So it's good to let God close doors. And it's okay to not know where you're going. Just make sure you know who you're going with and how you're going. We're going with Jesus and we're going in faith. So he's the father of faith. And this, this final thought of application now from him in the Old Testament, even the type of the gospel and the commendation in the New Testament in Hebrews is this. And I've been thinking about this. And I want to go on me, but I just have to tie this in. When I won the Pipe Masters Surfing Championship in 1984, and I was on the podium, and I said this phrase, dreams come true. It's a very famous phrase. One of the things that makes that so memorable to my peers is that's right when VHS videos came out in 1984. And that Pipe Masters video from 1984 where I said that became the most watched video in the surf culture in the first eight years or more of VHS TV. Every surfer around the world watched me win the Pipe Masters over and over and over and over again and hear me say, dreams come true, dreams come true, dreams come true. Then five years later, we did the movie Sunriders where I shared my testimony about the emptiness of winning the Pipe Masters. That won all kinds of awards. That movie went around the world and became the best well-known Christian surf movie ever to this day, where the, the vanity of it all. Then years later in 07, right when we came here after being at Big Calvary, Colin McLean from Calvary Costa Mesa, who worked for CBS at the time, helped me do my movie called Beyond the Dream. So essentially my life is, you know, from the dream of being a King of the pipeline till the age 24. That's the dream. I win it. Dreams come true. And then within a few years being in ministry, serving the Lord now for 35 years as a pastor, that's beyond the dream. Okay, so I have dreams come true, beyond the dream. But I've been thinking as I'm working on the book, there's more to it than just dreams come true and beyond the dream. And it really came to me just a few weeks ago. Your life, listen, your life, your life, is more than big dreams. And your life is more than going forth from the accomplishment of your big dreams. In Jesus Christ, Abram to Abraham and Sarah to Sarai, Sarai to Sarah, your life is a destiny. Our lives are a destiny. It's more than your dream. And it's bigger than your life beyond your dream because we go from glory to glory and there's different seasons and there's a seasons of being young and in love and moving to Tucson and there's a season of having lots of kids and it's chaos like Luke and Belle in Florida or actually more chaos with Jake and Leah here. And, and then there's a season of like uh, their kids are teenagers and then you're empty nesters if you will if you, if you have kids and you raise kids and then your season of taking care of your elderly parents and being with them and be, being there for them even to the day when they don't know who you are while they're still alive. And there's a season of being there with your adult siblings in their 60s and 70s and how you're all navigating eternity. And the grandkids growing up. And See, it's more than a dream, our life. It's more than dream big dreams. 
And it's more than beyond the dream. Our lives, from the fall of Adam to redemption of the second Adam, is called to destiny. And God called Abraham when he didn't even know who the Lord was. And called him out and called him to. And in Adam, all sin, but in Christ, all are made alive. And we are called out from sin and called to something more. To a life of faith. It's more than a dream and bigger than beyond the dream. It's a destiny. And listen, WG, body Christ, you only get one chance. So if you feel good about it, good for you. If you don't, snap out of your stupor. Because today's the day. Tonight's the night. Because once you're gone, you're gone. And you don't get a second chance. How many people have stepped in eternity, billions, and said, oh, when they step in eternity, like, oh, can I go back and do all that? No, you can't. You got to live by faith right now and go get it. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Baran. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com, where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and our church YouTube channel. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. For more information about Pastor Joey personally, you can follow him on his Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube channel. Thanks for listening, and God bless.